Isn't Jesus wonderful? He really is. So happy and blessed to be in a great country where we can be free and just worship God however we want to worship. Is anybody grateful for the great nation of America, the United States? Isn't this beautiful? I love the scripture that says, where the Lord is, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And that's why God's hand is on this nation, because we've invited the spirit of God into this nation. And that's why there is liberty. If you want to do the wrong thing, you can do the wrong thing. But real freedom is doing the right thing. And God gives us the freedom. He doesn't force us to do the right thing. He gives us the freedom to do the right thing. And we've been talking about creating your future. And today, this will be kind of a transition um, moment because we're going to move from theory into practical. Because I've been teaching you these steps of creating, which are just from the book of Genesis and the book of Mark. Uh, it's important, uh, and it's a business concept, and it's a life concept, it's something very simple. If there's not a time and a place set, you're not going to do it. How many people want to exercise? <laughs> but if you don't have a time and a place, I know it ain't going to happen. You just wishing, and you just talking, and makes you feel better to say it, okay. But many times it drips over into Christianity where people, uh, they believe a lot of things, but they don't have a time or a place set, and because they don't, that little simple thing it, it moves them out of being sincere into just being religious. To be sincere, the Bible says, be a doer of the word, not a hearer only, deceiving your own self. What does that mean? You're deceiving yourself if you're not doing it because you think because you know it, that means you're doing it. And it doesn't mean anything. Pharisees knew it, but they didn't do it. Right? They didn't get any blessings from Jesus because they knew the whole Bible. Because they knew it, but they weren't doing it. And so you're not a Pharisee. Am I right? The reason you're not a Pharisee is because when God speaks to you, you put it into action and you do it. And you, it becomes a living word, not just a word, a word that you're living. So it's important that what you hear, you say, how do I put that into action? Because I want to live this. I don't want to talk about Jesus and believe in Jesus only. I want to live this life that he has for me, this abundant life. And it just comes from a decision that says, okay, okay, where and when is this going to happen? So we've been talking about it, but I want you to keep that thought in your mind because we're going to talk about where and when today. Genesis 1-1, we're talking about creating your future, finishing up this series. Uh, then we're going to talk about praying with power next week, and it's going to be awesome and spectacular, possibly fabulous. I'm not sure. I can't promise on fabulous, but I'm pretty sure it's going to happen. Okay, Genesis 1-1. In the beginning, this is the first of the Bible, I love it. In the beginning... God created, prepared the heavens and the earth. And we said before God creates, he creates. Before you're going to do anything in your life, you're going to sit down and get prepared to do it. You're going to decide what I want and uh, how bad do I want that thing. That's how we create. What do you want? See, you can't do something that's for your purpose on accident. Right? You can never have your purpose on accident. Your purpose has to be on purpose. Meaning that you got to start by saying, what, what do I want to come into partnership with God about? In the beginning, God created, prepared the heavens and the earth. Keep reading. Then God said, let the... Wait, that's not... That's not Genesis 2, is it? No. That's not. Y'all try to mess me up, but the guys in the back, I'm a preacher. I know. That's not the right verse. Prepared <laughs> the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. So what we understand is everything God gives you, he gives you in potential form. 
He gives you a potentially great marriage, a potentially healthy body, a potentially wonderful family, a potentially great job, a potentially awesome ministry, fabulous ministry, a potentially, everything it gives you, it starts off without form and void and darkness is on the face of it. And if you want to whine and cry, then you get to do that for the rest of your life. Well, look at what God gave me without form and void. Well, that's what you get. You get the potential. God doesn't give you a house. He gives you the material to build the house with. Because he's not raising up dependents, he's raising up descendants. So he wants you to learn that everything is not God's giving it to you. God's giving you the potential to say, now do something with it. Now, you know, Sister Angie's quote, I said it a thousand times. What you are is God's gift to you. What you become is your gift to God. What God gives you is God's gift to you. What you do with what God gave you is your gift to God. It's not, oh, it's just all about the Lord. Well, it's all about the Lord when he's giving. So I give you $100, that's all about me. I'm a good guy. What you do with that $100 tells everybody about who you are. And that's how life is. What, you give, what God gives you, it tells you that he's good. What you do with what he gives you tells us whether or not you're good. Right? So you're, he gives you everything in potential form. Let's keep reading. And the earth was at form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Then that verse. And God said, let there be light, and there was light. So in that is capsulized the three steps of creation, which are number one, we call it the pick. Think about the picture, the pick. Number one, P is for what? Preparation. I is for what? Incubation, where the Holy Spirit, the Bible says he brooded over it. In other words, uh, he, he, got, he connected with God's will over the mess. And with God's dream over that mess. And then what's C? Confession. We talked about it last week. Say it again. Say all three of those. What's the first one? Preparation. Incubation. Confession. So we understand that preparation is you have to decide what it is that you want. God's not deciding that for you. Don't get religious. I just want whatever God wants. Ah, please. You can't. Whatsoever things you desire when you pray, you got to get in this. What do you want? What kind of marriage? What kind of family? What kind of finances, what kind of business, what do you want? you got to make your mind up because God wants you emotionally invested in this thing. He wants you in this. We are creating together. So you have to be specific. A clear-cut goal is how you begin to work with God. If you don't have one, you're not going to, you know, if you shoot for, aim for nothing, you're going to hit it. you got to know what that goal is. What is that goal? In your business, in your home, in your marriage, in your children, the most important things in your life, your physical body, what is your goal? Well, I don't know if I have a goal. Well, if you don't have a goal, you can't start working with God. You still got that throw me something, Mr. Religion. Hope God does something. Well, God says, well, let's, let's work. What do you want? What sort of things you desire? This is the book of Mark, chapter 11. What sort of things you desire? I mean, whatever you're passionate about. And we talked about this before. What are you passionate enough about? That, so what do you want so bad you're willing to pray the price? Is anything that, are you passionate about your children? About your physical health? Are you passionate about your marriage or your future? Are you passionate about your ministry or your finances? Those things that are those triggers. We talked about those five things. What were they again? Your physical health, number two. Your marriage, number three. Your children, number four. Your ministry, number five. Your finances. Those are things that ought to get your attention. 
And you need to be passionate about those things and say, what is my goal? I know where I am. Tell me where I'm going. Remember, God told Abraham, he brought him out and said, Abraham, look from the place where you are, northward, southward, eastward, and westward. For whatever you see, I'll give it to you. This is a great promise because God is saying, if you can see it, you can have it. God says seeing is possessing. And when you don't see what you're going to have, you're probably not going to have it. Are you with me? So it's important that you don't look at the place where you are. It's important you look from the place where you are. I was telling Diana, you've heard me say this many times, I like riding motorcycles. And um, one of the dangerous things in motorcycle riding is that you look, you get to a curve and you look at the curve and not through the curve. And you end up looking at the curve, you'll go straight off that curve. Whoop. See ya. <laughs> you have to make yourself stop looking at the curve Start looking through the curve. So if you look over there, that's where you get to go. But if you look straight ahead at what's in front of you, you're going to go off the road and, and die or be injured. So you have to train yourself. Don't do the natural. Do the supernatural thing, which is look over there, and you go where you look. So it's important that you become extremely focused, razor sharp. What is it you're asking God for? God's not mad about it. And if you're asking for the wrong thing, God, the next step, God will straighten you out. Got to get you on the right page, but you got to get in the game. See, uh, religion causes people to be passive. Jesus makes you creative. Religion says, God's going to do it all. It's all up to God. Case all. Whatever happens, happens. You know how God is. He just does whatever he wants. That's the devil. Some, some people say, that's my whole religion. Yeah, it's a devil religion. Because it takes your faith out of your relationship. It takes your emotion, takes your passion, takes your creativity, takes you out of the game, and it puts you in a passive place where whatever God wants. And then, of course, something bad happens, you get to blame it on God. Why'd God let that happen? Oh, so God gets to blame because you did nothing. Because you didn't exercise your faith. You didn't even know what you wanted. You didn't go after it, and then something bad happens. <laughs> I don't know why God let that happen to me. Now, I'm not mocking you, but I am kind of. <laughs> I don't mean to be harsh, but I, let's laugh at ourselves for a second. Because stop feeling bad about bad things that happen in your life. Get in positive. Put your thing in gear. Get this thing moving. Get in gear and say, this is what we're doing. This is how we're going to do it. This is when we're going to do it. This is where we're going to do it. That's called living. That's called a life. And you're like, well, I don't want to do it. Well, then you get to be ordinary. Instead of filled with the spirit of God, filled with the spirit of faith, full of God's heart, full of God's mind, conquering in life, instead of that, you just get to be passive. God called you for great things. I don't know if he did it. He did. And I don't care if you feel spiritual or you don't feel spiritual. You are born to change the world. You were you born with a purpose. You were born to change the world. And it's not too late because you're not dead yet. Look at somebody say, I don't think you're dead yet. I mean... I see the makeup, it might be covering something, but apparently you're not dead yet. Are you with me? Of course, you know I've said this a thousand times because to get you in the door, you have to come into the game. What do you want? What do you want in your children's life? Do you care? What do you want in your marriage? Do you care? Everybody wants a Mercedes till they look at the price tag, and then they don't want it so bad. You got to decide what do you want bad enough to fight for it. The children of Israel were cowards. They wouldn't, many of them wouldn't go into the promised land. God said, well, you can die in the wilderness. I'll wait for somebody who's willing to die for what they want. And he raised up a generation that said, I'd rather die than live in this wilderness. I want the promised land. And they were willing to fight for what God had for them. 
Are you with me? But I love that it says in, in, uh, in Numbers 14, it says Joshua and Caleb had a different spirit than the, they, to fully obey the Lord. They said, we can take this land and we can take it right now. That's the spirit of God. That's the spirit that you have. And don't allow religion to rob you out of all the promises that God has for your life. This is not my sermon, but I'm just preaching it. Hey, did my wife preach? Was she preaching today or what? I was like, I almost threw a handkerchief at her. like, Because really, she didn't leave me anything on the bone. I had nothing else to preach. I'm, just having, I'm going back over my old notes because she just took, just teased it. It was awesome. It was fabulous. <laughs> and we said incubation. Incubation is where the, you're hovering with the Holy Spirit. The P-I, incubation, is where you're spending time with God. Look, you cannot overestimate the results of time with God. Not moaning and groaning, but being with God, and you begin to envision what God is going to do against the way things are. Those old white sheep like Jacob had, and he kept envisioning speckled and spotted sheep, and those sheep got pregnant with speckled and spotted. Because why? He was envisioning, he was incubating, he was meditating on the promises of God, he was meditating on God's power, and suddenly all that chaos in his mind said, I know what's going to happen. See, that's what the Bible calls an assurance. Faith is the substance, the Bible says, Hebrews 11 says, faith is the substance, that Greek word means the title deed. Faith is the substance, the title deed of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. So God wants you to hover until you get a title deed. We're not just confessing stuff. We're going to wait with God until God says, God might say, you're not asking enough. You're asking for the wrong thing. I want you to have something better. And sometimes we get impatient and we just want to start confessing stuff and we don't have a, a, an assurance yet. We've, we're in hope, but we're not in faith yet. That's a good place to be, but you've got to wait an hour, a day, a month, a year. I don't know, but there's a moment when God says, let there be light and you have that thing. And when it's in sight of you, it's coming to you because you have taken possession of it. You are pregnant like those sheep. You get pregnant with speckled and spotted. If you hadn't been here for a few weeks, that just made no sense at all. <laughs> pregnant with speckled and spotted. Hmm. Sorry you weren't here. <laughs> but you get pregnant with God's dream, and when you have the title deed to something, it's coming to you. Then angels, the Holy Spirit, begin to arrange all those things to come into your life because you're not thinking and hoping. You're not being religious. You own this thing. And when you own that marriage, those, what's in those children's lives, that breakthrough, that ministry, when you own it, there's an attraction in the, in the supernatural that brings those things into your life. Incubation, you can't do without it. It is the essence in the heart of prayer where you're beginning to say his promises, declare his promise, envision the answer. And as you begin to enter into that, God begins to transform you. And when you change, everything around you begins to change. And the third thing is, we talked about it last week, confession. We talked about uh, let there be light, where God says, we talked about how Jesus created with his words. He didn't pray for people to be healed. He said be healed. He didn't pray for people to be set free. He set people free. He didn't tell us to pray for the sick. He said heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out devils. Because this is the level of faith where you speak and things move. That's what it says in Mark 11. We'll read it in a moment. Where he says... Uh, whatsoever things you desire and you pray, believe you have. Before he said that, he said, have faith in God. For if you say to that mountain, 
be plucked up and cast into the sea and do not doubt in your heart the things that you say you'll have what you said Jesus said that because he said this is how faith works you come into the kind of faith that speaks and moves things and we talked about Ezekiel last week where Ezekiel went to the valley of dry bones and God said can anything happen here and he said I don't know and God said prophesy to those bones and I talked about prophesying to your belly last week <laughs> be removed and cast into the sea Come on, somebody. I haven't seen my legs for years. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> but, but it really is the exciting part of prayer is when you stop moaning and groaning and begging and pleading and you come into faith and you start moving things in prayer. When you begin to declare and you begin to say, hear the word of the Lord over your children. Hear the word of the Lord over your business. Hear the word of the Lord over your finances, over your physical health. When you come into another level of faith where you're not begging for God to do something, you're beginning to declare what God has already promised over your life, over your destiny, over your future, and things start moving. Come on, let's read it. I'll, we'll do it right. Mark eleven twenty two. And Jesus answering saith to them, have faith in God. For verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Remember Jesus with the centurion. Centurion said, come heal my servant. Jesus said, I'll come and heal him. He said, you don't have to come. You just have to speak the word. And Jesus marveled and said, I haven't seen this kind of faith in all of Israel. He said, the centurion said, I see how it works. You say it and it happens. That's faith. That's understanding authority in the spiritual realm. You come to the place where you own something and you speak with authority and it happens in your life. You move things. Are you with me? See, that's, that kind of prayer is a lot more exciting than the religious force yourself to do your religious thing prayer. This has to do with entering to a great place with God. Now let's keep reading. Therefore I say unto you, whatsoever things you desire when you pray. Say it with me. Ah, there's a place and a time. Whatsoever things you desire, what? When you pray. And I want to take a couple minutes to talk about when you pray. When you pray. Jesus is making an assumption here that you get so excited about faith that you're like, I can't wait to go pray. Now you need to get to that place. Some of you have it in the bummer uh section of your brain like pray uh it's like it's like eating broccoli i gotta pray uh, it's it's like guilty section of your brain it's like the section where it's the dark section like i know i should but i really don't how about moving it out of that into like the, the number one spot because prayer is all super exciting but you gotta just like working out you gotta have a time and a place or you're not gonna do it so don't be confused. You're not a bad person. You just got to get a little organized and say, I'm doing this thing. You got to make up your mind. I'm going to be great with God so I can be great for God. I'm going to look. I don't know about who else is going to do it, but I made my mind up. I'm going to be great with God so I can be great for God. When you pray. So let me talk about that. Let me just talk about a second. Are you still with me? All right. Number one, what prayer is not. What prayer is not. Prayer is not talking to God in your mind. It is speaking to God with your words. Faith. Prayer is not thinking. Think prayer is not prayer. I'm just thinking, you know. I'm on the way to work. I'm just thinking. I prayed all the way. You ain't praying. You're just thinking. No, it's really like the way I pray. Well, easy. Easy trigger. 
That's the way you say you pray. So you get to decide what prayer is, or does God get to decide? What did the psalmist say in, in Psalm 5? He said, give ear to my word, O Lord. Consider my meditation. God can see what you're thinking, but he hears your prayer. Words discipline thought. The problem most people have with prayer is their mind is a million miles. They start praying, and then their mind is on mowing the grass. And they're like, oh, sorry, God, I took a trip. You know, about five trips later, I, I don't even know how to pray. I can't even pray. I don't even know how. Because they're just frustrated because their mind won't behave. Words make your mind behave. Right? Do you ever have a conversation with your wife and she's talking a lot and then, and then suddenly she asks a question and, and you, you buzzed out? And she says, so what do you think we should do? You're like, uh, what were you saying again? Because it was so deep in thought. <laughs> you know, you know your mind. <laughs> if, you, if you're not talking, your mind will play tricks. Right now, some of you are already at lunch. Even when I said that, you're like, that's right, I could take a trip. And you just took off right while I was talking. When you're not talking, it's, 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 it's hard for your mind to stay focused. But when you're talking, you ever be praying and you're praying and then your mind drifts and your prayer sounds like something crazy? Like, oh God, just move in my life and touch my, my wife. And then you say, touch my car, Lord. Wait, touch my car. You know, your mind got away from you, your mouth told on you. <laughs> right? So pray, words are important because they, they, are, they are defining your thoughts for you. They put you in the game. And you have to be willing to go through the awkward moment of realizing that you're not any good at it. Everybody's good at prayer, brother. All you do is just, you know, it's just talking to God. Oh, really? You don't know what you're talking about. You obviously haven't prayed if that's what you think. It's just talking to God. You know, it's easy. Oh, really? You're thinking about think praying on the way to work. Come on, don't shout me down when I'm preaching good. You're talking about, you define prayer for yourself as think praying. Oh, I just pray all day long. No, you don't. You get fired if you prayed all day long. <laughs> Nobody wants to hear you prayed on. No, I'm just thinking all day. Thinking is a meditation. And it's awesome to think. God can see those meditations. But God called us to pray. So he understands. So walk in faith. You got to exercise yourself and say, I'm not good at it right now, but I'm going to be good at it because it's important. It's important. I'm going to enter into this thing. Because it is going to be the flow of your life. Thinking about God and what you want God to do is not praying. Number two, praying religious phrases over and over is not praying. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Ah, have mercy, God. Have mercy, have mercy, have mercy. That ain't praying. you just talking. you just being religious. Now you say, well, if you say Jesus, it's a prayer. Hold up, hold up. Can, Look, I'm not trying to be critical of anybody, but I want you to understand. Jesus said, don't pray with vain repetitions like the Pharisees do. Stop, not, don't, don't think that you can say so many words, God's going to be impressed. Or you can say them so many times. Lord, 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 heal, 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 me, 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 my, my, No, come on, easy. Easy trigger. You got to get in this thing. It's not going to be easy. You're going to have to apply yourself. You're going to have to enter. You're going to have to be a little violent to go into the promised land. You're going to have to stop opting out by just saying religious sounding stuff. Even repeating the Lord's Prayer. Well, I'd repeat the Lord's Prayer every day. Good for you, but it doesn't mean you're praying. You're actually repeating something. The Lord's Prayer is an outline to, to bump you, to remind you about the things that are important in your life. So don't just get by with something that's cheap and easy. The most powerful thing in your life is connecting with God. The most exciting thing in your life is understanding how to exercise your faith at a particular place in a particular time. A, rambling about your problems to God. It's not prayer. I'll just give you three things. It's not rambling on about your problems. Lord, why? 
Lord, why? I don't know why. And I'm just, just asking. It's just, Lord. Listen, God speaks the language of faith. You say, Pastor Bray, you're making fun. I'm not making fun. But, but I got, you got to stop doing those things. If you want to become a prayer warrior, you got to stop feeling sorry for yourself, feeling bad about yourself, stop feeling defeated, stop acting like God's not faithful to you, get all that behind you, step into the realm of faith. The language of God is the language of faith. When you start telling God about how it's going to be, he's listening. When you start telling God about his promises in your life, he's listening because this is how he responds. Because this is his covenant. He says, you bring faith, I bring power. You bring complaints, I'm shutting the place down. You complain all by yourself. Well, God does. He does love you. And love means you don't get to do everything the way you want to do it. you got to come into this thing the way God says it. Begin to thank God for who he is. Begin to enter his gates. Number, let me give you three things prayer is before we close. Number one, prayer is entering a powerful, creative relationship with God. I want that. How about you? Prayer is entering a powerful, creative relationship with God. doesn't take five hours, but it has to be real. Number two, prayer is conceiving, developing, releasing, world-changing faith. Prayer is conceiving, developing, and releasing world-changing faith. Number three, prayer is stepping into the supernatural world where anything is possible. Prayer is stepping into the supernatural world where anything is possible for you. Now, my challenge for you today, we're going to learn, we've learned about faith, but it's important that you enjoy the reality of it by entering into it. Prayer is partnering with God. Come on, can you say it with me? Say prayer is partnering with God. To bring heaven to earth. See, only religious people think it's boring. Prayer is partnering with God to bring heaven into your life. God said, I need a partner. Come on. I need a partner. Prayer is partnering with God to bring heaven into your world. Spiritual warfare is our opportunity to conquer in this life. So I want you to make up your mind. I will develop a powerful, enjoyable relationship with God through prayer. Not through fantasy, not through faking it, not through saying God loves me. I'm saying it is a place that God has for your life and heaven is about to come into your world. The level of heaven in your life is determined by the level of prayer you've come into. Now, I didn't say it. Jesus said it. Now, I'm going to read a scripture as I get ready to close, but I want to say something. You know, for years we had a, a, a 24-hour house of prayer here. How many, wave at me if you know what I'm talking about. And, of course, you know, we used to have a login. There was you know, hundreds of people a week would be praying hours and hours in the house of prayer. We used to take a log because we would like to, you could, you could see the number of hours that were prayed compared to the number of people that were giving their life to Christ. Because prayer does work. But it's a, it's a place. It's a time. We had that place, and when I, of course, uh, um, at this point, it was costing the church about $1,000 a month to keep the air on and keep the place uh, cooled and open all the time. And uh, in my heart, when I came back, I thought, okay, you know what? Uh, you know, every now and then, everything needs a little freshen up. You know, it needs to look different, it needs to feel different. But more than that, if we're going to spend the money, we need to do the praying. You don't need like five people, ten people a week. You know, let, if we're going to do whatever you're going to do, do it all your heart, right? To the Lord. If we're going to do it, I don't mind spending the money. But if we're going to do it, let's do it. Let's, 
wreck Satan's kingdom. Let's pull down strongholds. Let's become dangerous. That's what a house of prayer is. What did Jesus say? He said, my house shall be called a house of prayer for all nations, but you made it a den of thieves. Let's not be called a house of prayer and not have a house of prayer. So on the Wednesday nights, we're going to have corporate prayer this Wednesday night and, uh, at 6 o'clock. And we'll, I'm going to teach a little bit. Then we're going to pray like crazy. Then at 7 o'clock, we're going to move. All of our life groups are going to be here on Wednesday night because we're going to strategize becoming a church that is going to storm the gates of heaven and destroy the gates of hell. Are you with me? Now, that is just a... That is a your life is going to be much better. It's like a motor with oil. It runs much better with oil in it. And uh, that, that Wednesday night, we're going to be talking about uh, winning people and, and how to use our small group. It'll be a one-hour meeting from 7 to 8. It'll be just like your life group because I'll do like a 15-minute teaching. Then you'll be in small groups. But uh, we want to discover who our leaders are and who are the ones that want to take uh, a city for Jesus. And then we're going to learn, we're, after, after we spend that time together, we're going to have the grand reopening of our house of prayer. I did the grand reclosing of it <laughs> a few weeks ago. I want to do the grand reopening because I want it to look nice, be nice. And I want us to feel proud about what a blessing that we have a place we can go and pray. And that we need to commit and say, I'm going to be there on Tuesdays or Wednesdays. And we need to take our teams and say, you know what? We're going to change the atmosphere of the city because we're going to cry out to God and we're going to move things in the spirit. Are you with me? We're going to move things in the spirit. So Wednesday night, we're going to, this Wednesday night, we're going to pray from 6 to 7. At 7 to 8, we're going to have a life group. All that is about changing the atmosphere of this city. And I want you to be a part of it. I'll be here, man. It's going to be awesome. The, the Bible says God can save by few or by many. It doesn't matter. It matters. What matters is what kind of faith you're operating in. Are you ready? Luke 11, I'll close with this. This is what Jesus said. Jesus said, let me, say, read, let me read it for you. Now it came to pass as he was praying in a certain place and ceased that one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. As John also taught his disciples to pray. And he said to them, when you pray, say. I told you it was speaking. Jesus said it. When you pray, say. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. This is a prophetic kind of praying. And I only said that to tell you this is what God is calling you to. Not wishing, hoping, begging. God is calling you to kind of prayer that says, kingdom come will be done the kind of faith prayer that just begins to declare what god has for your city your life your family we're going to learn how to do it it's going to be fabulous it's going to change would you look at somebody and say god called you to change the world he did and you know you're limited but we're going to tap into heavenly resources we're going to tap into an anointing from Jesus. Now today, are you with me? I just think it's, I'm, I'm in my spirit. I'm just super excited. Let your kingdom come. Now, I, I just want to mention this to you because I want to convince you a little bit more. According to Jesus, there is a way to pray. Not your way, not my way, his way. 
And we'll be talking about that. We'll start a series next week about praying with power. It's not, well, the way I like to do it, it's not a personal thing. Jesus said, okay, you want to know how to pray? This is how you do it. And if you start praying the way Jesus taught you to pray, you're going to change your world. Everything about your life, it may not, take a, it may not happen in a minute, but it's going to change everything about your world. Are you ready? So what am I asking you today? I'm asking you today to commit to a time and a place. Begin to get in your mind, say, you know what? I'm going to conquer that mountain. I'm going to take that ground that God has for me. I'm not going to back down. I'm not going to fudge. I'm not going to pretend. I'm going to enter into that place where I'm becoming great with God so I can be great for God. I'm going to stop asking God to change the world. I'm going to ask God to change me so I can change the world. That happens in his presence. Get excited. It won't, I promise, you know how I am. It ain't going to be boring. Try it Wednesday night. You're going to see this is not going to be boring. It's going to be fabulous. It's going to be spectacular. It's going to be awesome because you're going to enter into that place. Now, so if you don't mind, stand up with me today as we're getting ready to go. And I want you to lift your hands to Jesus because I don't want you to feel guilty or condemned about anything. It's not worth it. There's therefore now no condemnation in there in Christ Jesus. Don't feel less than anything. The reason God speaks to us is because he believes in us. God doesn't criticize us to change. God inspires us to change. And so if you will, those little dark areas I was talking about, those little toxic thoughts about prayer, I can't pray, I'm not good at prayer, it's boring to pray, all those religious dogmas that might be in your mind, God doesn't want you to feel guilty. He wants you to come away with him. Come on, if you don't mind, just lift your hands. And let's just be at the cross of Jesus right now. Where every dark thing is crucified and with our hands lifted I want you to release to God right now every wrong attitude you had about prayer that said I can't do it or I'm not good at it or I don't have time to do it those are lies and I want you at the cross of Jesus just release that come on say it with me say in the name of Jesus I renounce every negative word every negative thought about the subject of prayer I bring it to the cross and I nail it there and I declare that those negative thoughts they are not mine it's not me it came from the liar and it's no longer a part of my life I reject it I remove it and I clear the slate of my heart your hands lifted I want you to receive that anointing of prayer the place and the time Jesus had place and time thank God we have a house of prayer we have a place and time we can just get crazy for God come on with your hands lifted now I just want you to receive you know there are rivers inside it matter of fact you want you have your hands lifted let's just change for a second put your hand on your belly Jesus said out of your belly will flow rivers of living water say father in Jesus name thank you for the Holy Spirit that lives in my life this morning I activate through faith the river of intercession and prayer in my life I declare I'm a prayer warrior I declare prayer is my favorite thing I declare prayer is hard for some people 
for me it's enjoyable I declare a fresh anointing on my life a fresh anointing on my city a fresh anointing on my family because I'm stepping into another place I'm coming into the anointing of prophetic prayer I'm gonna begin to declare the things that are not as though they are I'm gonna begin to release the blessing of God over my body over my marriage over my children over my ministry over my finances over my city and over my nation I declare I repent for being lazy about prayer I changed my mind from this moment forward I'm excited about it I can't wait to step into it my life is changing it's changing now I'm receiving holy energy holy anointing to be who God called me to be I declare over my life I'm a world changer Jesus lives in me and greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world and I declare my past is separated from my life and in the name of Jesus all I have is a future and an opportunity and God promised me I was born to change the world I receive what God says about my life now lift if you don't mind lift your hands and I want you to receive that anointing of no limits faith is the anointing of no limits remove all the lies remove all the limits remove all the I can't out of your life Jesus said you can do all things uh, through Christ who strengthens you take the I can't out you're about to step into nothing is impossible for me you're stepping into nothing is impossible for me you're stepping into nothing is impossible for your church nothing is impossible for your family you're stepping into the anointing of nothing is impossible in Jesus name come on come on Jesus 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 Lord we receive that anointing we release our faith and we declare that the atmosphere is changing. The atmosphere in our life is changing, in our city is changing, in this church, in the state of Louisiana, in the nation, we declare the atmosphere is changing and the revival, the flood of the Holy Spirit, we declare it's coming and we're a part of it. We declare it's coming, it's even close to us. We declare we're a part of it. We're right in the middle of it. We're right in the flow of what God is doing. And Father, we rejoice in it in the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody said, come on, give God a great shout if you believe it. God bless you. Have a great day.